Hey, this is Gina Versa, and you're listening to another episode of Serving Up Comics, the last one of this year. Um, thanks for surviving with us these last <laughs> 10, 12 months. Hear from everyone. And with me today is, as always, Nick Valero. Nick, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Just finishing out the year as safe and as nerdy as possible, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Staying staying home. Hope everyone does wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, the, the end of the year is going to be just like the rest of the year where we just stayed at home and did nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing changed. Yeah. Watch maybe watch a little bit of TV, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah well uh i have an appropriate background for that you know just on fire yeah, yeah just my, mine's just darkness just darkness <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're all living like this like introverted life unintentionally right unintentionally yeah yeah it, it's yeah. It, you know what it was like fun shut-ins. yeah it was it was fun in the beginning and yeah. now it's like kind of want to go do stuff yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm just scared of people at this point so i'm like nah <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, do you know that term? It's in uh, in Japan. There's like a cultural thing where they call like people who like stay in, like they're like I shut in. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's like a term I was trying to think of, but it's okay. Anyway, um, well, I guess uh, speaking of TV shows, Nick, what have you been watching these last couple uh, the last couple of weeks since we saw? Uh, so the last past couple of weeks, I uh, I've been catching up on Star Trek uh, Discovery which was just really good uh right now they're on their third season and it's 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 just awesome it's so good <laughs> and they're in like the future the far future like yeah uh, not it. no so the so it, it was weird so they uh, the third season yes is the very far future it's almost like a thousand years into the future like so basically you're hearing about the adventures of like spock and kirk and stuff like that after that right uh but in the very beginning, it was like probably like 30, 40 years. No, it wasn't even 30 years. It was probably like 10, 15 years before the events of the original Star Trek. Oh. So it's it, so the first two seasons were like that very like intro years, like very like five, 10 years. And then now it's like a thousand years into the future. So it's like a nice little like, you know, to see where exactly everything's gone. Interesting. Because, yeah, I'm I've have not seen a single episode of Discovery. I've only watched Picard. Which, if listeners listen to our uh, podcast about that, I didn't quite enjoy. So, did the card already come out? It already came out like the beginning of this year. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's been a long year, so like, yeah, you you, you have an excuse to not see it. But yeah, I didn't like that one as much. Well, because the card. No, 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 no. My bad. I'm thinking of something totally different. I'm thinking of um, what's the what's the name of the first captain of the Enterprise. Uh, uh, Captain Pike. Captain Pike, because yeah. Captain Pike is also getting his own TV show. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's going to be a spinoff of Discovery, so it's supposed to take place after season two of Discovery ends, and then like Captain Pike's show takes over. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I always, I always like Captain Pike. Um, what's his name's performance in uh, the Calvin timeline is one of the better aspects, but oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot who's playing Captain Pike in Discovery, but it's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, like, uh, what was it? They their their like take on Captain Pike is that he's like kind of like just like a really cool like he's just <laughs> right. he's just like really cool and stuff like that. Because um, yeah. ideally, all things considered, uh, for the timelines, he's still the guy that mentors Captain Kirk. So, in a way, yes, yeah. he is still technically the one that mentors Captain Kirk, kind of. Right. Yeah, he comes before Kirk. Well, well actually, Kirk, no, wait, no, Kirk, Kirk talks about him um, in, was it City at the Edge of, what's the episode he's in? Captain Pike is in the first episode, man. No, no, um, the one where he's in the, like, the life support. Oh. The life um, support uh, system, like, the cage. Um, no, 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 the cage is the pilot. Yeah, the, uh, I can't pronounce it, but the, all the Star Trek fans are going to well, well, the the interesting thing that they did was yeah. that they made the Captain Pike episode of Star Trek, the original Star Trek canon for Discovery. Oh, the pilot, yeah. Yeah, they made that pilot that they made and with the original actor and he was playing Captain Pike. 
they actually uh, they made it canon, and uh, because not a lot of people talk about the episode, they like right. kind of showed flashbacks from the episode, and that was kind of cool because they were referencing it, like, oh yeah, this is what happened, you know. Yeah. It, it was really it was really cool to kind of go like, oh, so technically this takes place during the events. So yeah, if you wanted to, you could technically go. It's Discovery, then Pike, then it's going to be the original Star Trek show. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know the 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 canon of that episode if it was ever in question. I always assumed it was, but that's cool that they officially just said it. Yeah. Uh, was it well? Because a lot of people go with uh, because the way that Star Trek actually aired back in the which are back in the day was really weird. Yeah, uh, it was really weird because I guess that wasn't the original pilot. Right, there was another pilot before that. Yeah. It, so there's it, like three pilots. Yeah, there's like three <laughs> pilots. To it, and that was like a test pilot that they had like aired. And then that's why everybody was really confused when Kirk came on board because they were like, wait a minute, Pike was like, it was yeah. Kirk, then Pike, then Kirk. And then they were like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And then it was just Kirk from then on. So it's really cool. So a lot of people just kind of went, oh, I guess that episode just doesn't count. But now, now it's like, oh, no, it did count. It was just pre-Kirk. Yeah, the uh, the other yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that would, that would be such a jump, I guess, for like people in the '60s, like watching it, like who's this guy? But you know, Kirk's one of the at least my favorite captains, so you know, I guess it all worked out. Yeah, Kirk and Pike, you know, they're they're really good captains and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. so I started watching, you know, started watching Discovery. Getting... Do you, I had a random question for you. What's your favorite captain? I don't know if we ever discussed this. My favorite captain. <sighs> It has to be a tie between uh, Kirk and Picard. Oh, okay. Kirk and Picard would probably be like, because I, I I really like that movie also where Generations. Picard, yeah, gen, uh, was it Generations? It's where, Star Trek Generations where they meet and Captain, yeah, where they, Captain where, Kirk dies from a bridge. Yeah, from a bridge falling, and he falling. sacrifices himself for Picard. Yeah, that's that's such a, a that's such a like uh, what's that life alert? It's like a life it's alert. Such a life alert thing. Like help, and I can't get up. <laughs> Because a bridge yeah, that, on me. Yeah, but, but honestly, that does sound super Star Trek, just because. Right. Well, they they reshot that ending because he was supposed to get shot in the back by uh by Malcolm McDowell's character Soren or whatever. But they were and, like, and then they were yeah. just like, no, that's too brutal. I don't know. They were like, oh, he can't get shot in the back. He has to die from a bridge. That's not. Yeah, I don't know if that's too brutal. I mean, but I like I like that movie enough that that. The way it's blocked and like the way they filmed it is really awkward. I hate like how he dies, but the death itself when he's like his last words and like that's what I really like. That's actually pretty good, yeah. And like yeah. his burial. And the fact like he kind of dies like um in ahead of ourselves, but like he kind of dies like you like uh where like not alone, but like few people like know like what happened to him, like well, because like he the, disappeared, right? Yeah. Like that was the whole thing. Is that like uh, Kirk disappears right, he, in the uh, Nexus? Yeah, yeah he, he has an unmarked grave. Yeah, oh, that, I mean that's yeah. that's interesting for sure. But yeah, um, hmm. yeah, we'd have to have a, a whole podcast on that one. But yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, yeah, that's why he's uh, my favorite captain, at least because. Uh-huh. I would go with uh, him over Kirk over over Picard just by a little bit because I think people criticize Kirk that he's like risk risk takes too many risks but he takes calculated risks he doesn't take risks he takes calculated ones yeah and yeah they, they pay off mostly yeah that's why I really like Kirk Kirk does a really good job at uh, yeah. you know do they have him in Discovery no he's not oh, but, just spock but, right but spock is it's like a younger spock which is really right. cool because you have like a younger spock and then they then mention like in the third season of discovery that like oh yeah because it's been like a thousand years uh spock died like right. you know obviously it's been a thousand years <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah they go over it and they start talking about like and they basically are giving like this nice like memorial to leonard nimoy right is, oh that's that's nice yeah like they basically say like this is basically this is what spock did this is how uh like spock uh you know this is what happened to captain like uh minister spock and everything yeah. else and yeah that was pretty cool because then it also says like oh yeah he like he spent time and then they mentioned kirk and they go straight into um, like what he did for Vulcan. 
yeah yeah well, that's cool um but yeah you're, oh sorry well because well, the cool thing is that in the show there was like a thing there was a thing that was going on that like never happened where because the vulcans and the romulans are technically like ancient ancestors yeah they share the same bloodline yeah they, they share the same bloodline it's like cavemen and neanderthals they just like yeah they split homo one, sapiens they split yeah they yeah. split at one point and like the idea was that i guess in the show they just it was like a it was a idea that they had never had where they were going to bring them whole again huh. and um it was really cool because in discovery they were just like oh yeah no spock did that like spock yeah, brought the romulans and the and the vulcans together and yeah, they live a, on one planet it's in unification i think yeah yeah so that was really cool. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that they like brought that idea back and the and like that was like a big thing for like I know the original Star Trek. So yeah. Hey, I have a one last question for you on that show. Because hmm. I guess this was controversial for some people, and I was kind of like, well, it's less controversial, it just seems kind of weird. Like they drop they drop F bombs on Discovery. Mm, sometimes, yeah. Like you just said because they have no rating system, but like doesn't the scientist guy just say like, "Oh, that was like fucking awesome" or something? Sometimes, yeah. Like sometimes they they drop f bombs, but also sometimes I feel that it is just the way people talk. Yeah, it's not like they're dropping an f bomb just to drop an f bomb. They're they're dropping they like sometimes like it's not like every it's not a Quentin Tarantino movie where right bomb every twenty seconds. Uh, or anything like that. It's a very rare thing to kind of have an f bomb. Um, but the idea is that it's you know, it's, it's the way people talk, you know, I'm almost positive if they would have, if like ratings and like, you know, the, and, you know, they were allowed to say words like that. I'm pretty sure they would be, they would have said it like, just because back then they weren't able to say it doesn't mean that they can't. I don't, I don't think that's a, like a, it doesn't take me out of the show or anything like that. It's like, okay, yeah, they said the F-bomb. All right, cool. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah, doesn't take me out of the like. It has like really great stories. It has really great like character development, and like the crew is really dope. So I don't mind it. Oh, okay. But people are but Star Trek but Star Trekkies are pretty uptight. Just it's like a Trekker. Trekker gets there. They don't like nah, to be called that. No, nah, they're they're Trekkies still. Just they're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird because uh, we've all you know we all make jokes about the Star Wars fandom, but the Star Trek fandom. That one's even more niche. Like I don't know how you could describe the fan, <laughs> the fans. Yeah, they're they're you know they they also don't like things. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, uh, they also don't like things. Yeah. Yeah, like they just don't like things. Like Star Wars fans can get upset a lot. Star Trek fans also get upset. <laughs> right. Yeah. And piss those people off too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, any anything else you're watching or reading, Nick? Uh, right now, actually, I'm once again I'm watching more anime, uh, just okay. because there's a lot of it. But um, uh, yeah, uh, the last thing I actually did read was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ronin comic. Oh, I read the first issue for that. That was uh, yeah, that was really I guess, cool. Yeah, I guess spoilers. Um, were you expecting because it it already came out? What's whatever? Um, yeah. that it was Michelangelo because I I felt that was, was like what I was. Huh? I felt like I was like, like, it has to be him. Yeah. The entire time I was like, well, this is Mikey. Yeah. The best person to make the Ronin, like, in a writing, in a writer's room would be Mikey. Right. Because that's such a, that's such an unexpected choice. And I think that's such a, because we all love Ninja Turtles. We all know their personalities at this point, but that's Mm. such a drastic character arc for him that he goes from like, well, yeah, because I think yeah. Raph would automatically be the obvious choice. Right. Like, if you feel like, oh, yeah, it's a Ronin, it's a Ronin after all of the other Ninja Turtles died, Raph would be an obvious choice. Leo would be an obvious choice. Donnie, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't really see that in his character. No. Um, but Mikey is, like, a perfect choice. Yeah. Because if you have, like, I don't know if they're actually going to do that inside of the comic book, but if they actually do do it where it's like, oh, yeah, Mikey was goofing off during the last battle. Like, there, there were moments where he could have finished the battle and he was still messing around. Or yeah. Goofing around and stuff like that. And then because he goofed around or because he was, like, you know, not taking it seriously, 
this is that's the reason why his brothers ended up dying that is like a huge like thing of like whoa like that's that's huge like oh my god so i don't know where they're gonna take it i really love the idea that he's now a master of all four of their weapons yeah like it's really cool but that's that's such a neat original idea Mm -hmm. like basically have like the i guess like the dark knight returns for uh the ninja turtles yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, but it works because it's like you know when they came out they were very dark and gritty and it, it's like throwing it back to their roots the original black and white ninja yeah because oh, yeah because originally I mean there was there was like blood there was gore decapitations like, they kill they killed the a shredder in like the first issue yeah yeah and, and then, then like they just, yeah then they became way more kid friendly later on right. in like the, in like the late eighties they got very eighties like radical and cowabunga. Yeah, a lot yeah, about pizza. Which... Reganomics. Yeah. <laughs> Reganomics, man. Yeah, trickle down. It's, it'll trickle down eventually. <laughs> yeah. All the wealth that's going to trickle down, I swear. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, man, yeah. It, was, it was one of those. It, it's, it's, but it's such an interesting idea. And I love, the, I love the way that the first issue ends is just like, it's a nice little cliffhanger. Um, spoilers for the first issue. If you guys haven't read it, go read it. Go to your local comic book store go buy it uh actually what order it and then you know maybe go pick it up from a window right <laughs> so, I, I i love supporting the local comic book shops but yeah it, <laughs> right now is not a great idea right yeah uh see if, see if your local comic book shop will like put it outside for you yeah uh, or if they're still open actually. yeah some, some do uh under like our uh, friends at understudy i believe they do pick up so you, you can do it yeah if you're I know that when I call, I actually called the guys at Undercity and then Renee said that he would put it outside for me. Yeah. Like, he asked me what time I was going to get there and I was like, oh, I'm five minutes out. He goes, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'll put it out. Uh, like, tell me when you're like down the street or when you're parking and I'll just put it outside and you can come pick it up and stuff yeah. like that. So that was really cool of them. So that way, you know, they can also still keep that social distancing. Right, yeah. Uh, just... um, but yeah, the... Um, the way that that kind of ends for that comic book is really interesting and I want everybody to go read it just because it is the first issue that did just come out this week. I don't know if people got a chance to get their hands on it. Maybe I don't want to spoil it. But um, yeah, go check it out, man. It has a great cliffhanger. Um, it gets real dark near the end, like really, really dark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it was a great comic. Great yeah, comic. Big, big fans of the Ninja, Ninja Turtles as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's good to not read marvel or dc sometimes yeah, yeah yeah sometimes it's just nice to kind of go like what are, what are the ninja turtles doing oh god right. what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but uh yeah no that's uh, yeah i'll definitely recommend that as well because yeah mm-hmm. to pick it up um but yeah um in terms of comics did you read the first issue of batman catwoman I actually did not. Oh, okay. I was gonna, I was, I was gonna read it on my DC app, and then I saw somebody had already read it, and then I was like, <laughs> "Well, I don't want to click this yet." <laughs> <laughs> that may or may not be me if you look at my, your account. <laughs> I was like, "Somebody already read this." <laughs> halfway done, it was like in the middle of the issue because you can see like where, like how much you've read, and I yeah. was like, "I'm not gonna click it yet because I already know I'm gonna, I'm gonna go like right in the middle of this, and if it's good." Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, I could I could confirm it's it's pretty great it was a month or excuse me it was uh came out this month after a year of uh delays I guess maybe it could have been COVID who knows this but is the, this is the issue where they finally get married right uh no no they're not they're married in the future yeah but I don't know they've never I think at the end of his uh Tom King's Batman run they just kind of got married but then they were like well it doesn't matter if we didn't exchange vows so it's very ambiguous but i believe uh how is that not like an anniversary issue like that that, like come on how do you not have like a nice like cover art of like batman and catwoman on like taking vows or anything like that in front of superman who's gonna like initiate the wedding i have no idea Uh, yeah (laughs) it's it's very strange comic Like I, I really do think that I kind of do miss like the the eighties and the nineties of comics when they would have like these like dumb comic book episode issues mm-hmm. where it's just like we're going to do this today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like it was like really like, bubbly and 
Yeah, there's, you know, if you read like a lot of 50s or like comics of a certain era, there's just weird like Superman turns into a lion or Jimmy Olsen turns into like a like an ant. There was just a lot of weird uh, just like they're just throwing stuff at the wall literally and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but Mm -hmm. for for batman and one and catwoman getting married though i feel like that would be such a like a long time coming yeah because they yes they they have had kids in the past of comics and yes they've gotten married before in the past but in other worlds yeah like in other worlds they've gotten married and they've had kids that's where you have like helena kyle and stuff like that yeah uh, like their their version of the huntress, and I think on Earth. Uh, yeah, that was the first version. Yeah, or is that Earth Two? I think that's Earth. Um, two. Earth Two is where the first huntress comes from. Yeah. Yeah, but I think and that's begin- Helena. is that Helena Kyle or is that it's Helena Wayne? I guess. Yeah. Mm, I don't know if it's Helena Wayne. I actually don't know because I, I think she took her mom's name. Could be, but I yeah, no that's that's where all the marriage comes from from Earth Two. Yeah, I would really like to see. Finally, like in Earth One, he's had sex with everybody, but finally gotten with Catwoman. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, he's like been either with or like he's gotten with. And Catwoman in Earth One has like never gotten that. Like, yeah, he locked it down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I want to see. I want to see Bruce. I, the one thing I really want to see, and I think that would be a great change, is Bruce Wayne happy. Yes. I think that that would be an interesting like change of a comic book, right? Well, I, like, just making him a happy dude. Yeah, I think I think that Tom King has really been exploring that because, um, you know, we there's been like this picture painting of Batman that he's an unhappy character, but I think he has like a family. He's not like a loner. He has like a a son, surrogate sons. Uh, I think making him going out and being Batman makes him happy because he's making a difference as much as he can. And I, I really disagree with, uh, yeah, more or less, uh, him being an unhappy character. I think in his own way, he is happy, yeah. But yeah, but not I, really... The, the only thing is that, like, is the way that most people draw him, I mean, uh, write him or even, like, portray him on, like, screen or anything like that is that he is center-focused on the mission. It's right. all about the it's all about the mission. Nothing else matters but the yeah. mission. And I really do want to see just like for once a Batman that gives a fuck. Like oh. just just kind of cares about like his about the like yes, he does care about the family. There's yeah. no argue that he doesn't care about like the Bat family or anything like that. But like I would really love just like having an issue where where Batman had a family dinner you know like mm-hmm. an awkward family dinner where he's like trying to be a better dad to these surrogate kids that he's kind of been a dick to yeah you know? yeah i think there's probably some sort of story like he's just like batman just kind of like being there in terms of like uh you know per- perennial sort of you know non-crime fighting sort of needs you know yeah, give me give me give me some batman that's just like he's just trying to be a regular dad and yeah. like he's trying to fit struggling like, like he's struggling to like make everything okay again and like you know um like because a lot of the bat family hates him right now just because you know he lies a lot and he keeps shit from them or they do anything else you know they they disagree a lot yeah exactly yeah and i think it'd be so interesting if like batman tried to like go you know what i'm gonna host a family dinner mm-hmm. and it's like thanksgiving in the back yeah like, <laughs> like he's trying to host thanksgiving or he's trying to do anything yeah. else and I think that would just be so funny of just like Selena Kyle like making a turkey mm-hmm. and like trying to do these like different things. And it's like, and I think it would be really funny if like Dick, Damien, all of them are just like, all right, so like somebody put them under a spell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think there has to be you know, magic involved, or maybe maybe uh, maybe poison ivy put them under right. uh, put them under something again. <laughs> Because I think like Dick Grayson's probably the most normal of all the Bat family, more or less. He's the less sociopathic one, yes. Right. But yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, I definitely got <laughs> a story there. We got to pitch that to DC. Yeah. <laughs> um, On holiday episode of just yeah. like Batman trying to be a good dad, right? And, you know, well, and I can build on something. Definitely. Yeah. Well, this comic, it's uh, it's 
the first issue is in Chris on Christmas, so it really fits the time. But it also has Phantasm. Um, and again, you haven't read the first issue, but like, what do you think of seeing that DC animated character in comics? Yep. I always love DC animated characters in the comics. They're amazing. Huh? Um, excuse me. I always love right. seeing DC animated characters in comics. They're they're awesome. Yeah, because so that's cool. such a goldmine of. There are a lot of great original characters. Um, in those like 90s and 2000 shows yeah uh not only that but also the entire backstory for uh mr uh, freeze is yeah from uh bruce tim and yeah Bill they Gaines. borrowed that from that yeah like uh, like after the after their take it kind of became like the now like yeah that's that's his backstory like that's uh-huh. mr freeze's backstory now and stuff like that like not not until then did you have like because they really dived into a lot of different characters right and everything else uh i think the only one that they didn't really dive in as much as i would really hope is like penguin or like enigma and stuff yeah like, like yeah, they're kind of like two-dimensional think... like i'm a villain yeah some some <laughs> uh some animated the batman the anime series characters did get kind of the short end of the stick yeah uh one of my favorite and i always hope he comes back in like a movie and because honestly really wanted it in the justice league movie of on the roof the guy that he that batman is chasing i wanted him to be condiment king Condiment. (laughs) you uh you mentioned condiment king so many times i want condiment king in everything Oh god. Um he's one yeah, of the I'd rather, villains. He's I'd rather have like Kite Man or something. No, but, Con, but Kite Man's already gotten his debut in which in in Harley Quinn. I want to see more Condiment King. Yeah. I love yeah. the idea that Kite Man and Condiment King are arch nemesis. Like they're the two useless. Oh yeah, that villains. was uh that was great. That was like such a, <laughs> such a great gag cuz like Kite Man, yeah, he's just like he doesn't get any respect. And... He gets no respect and his his arch nemesis is Condiment King. Yeah. But I really just want to. I I feel like Condiment Condiment King in like an uh in like a live action or even in like a comic book would be amazing. I mean, it, it would just be amazing because people would go, "Who the fuck is that?" Yeah. Like, why 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 is Batman wasting his time? <laughs> or uh, why is his name like Charlie Brown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why is Batman wasting his time on this guy? Yeah. Like, like do something else and I, or but i would have loved that if like in the bat in the in the justice league movie i needed i needed bait for a parademon it's <laughs> free like, yeah <laughs> why not make him a batman villain why not, why not? yeah why make, not? make him nameless thug number four yeah well who knows maybe we'll see him like in the batman whenever that comes out um you think, you think that serious ass movie is gonna put fucking condiment king I don't know, but that would uh, be insane. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> if that yeah. movie put Condiment King, it officially jumped the shark. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love, uh, I, I love what they did with the Phantasm in this first issue. It's that's such a cool character, and I'm glad to see that getting the, like the canonization it deserves. And the, I just love the design of that costume because it's based on. There's a character called the Reaper, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not really, it's kind of based on that, but not really. But I just love how the Phantasm moves with, you know, in the movie. That's like one of the best. That mist, like the fog. Yeah, movement it's one of the movie. best Batman films. And I can't recommend uh, that that movie enough. And it's, you know, kind of uh, Christmassy in a way. It's like the yeah. ghost of Christmas future or whatever. Um, I, I really love the, fa- I love the idea of using the Phantasm in anything. I know that um, in Batman Beyond, they use the phantasm to explain yeah that's Karen mcginnis's background story mm-hmm. and stuff she was like gonna that. she, she was, was gonna, gonna kill murder. yeah his parents to recreate um to recreate the wayne's murder um this was created by uh, project cadmus but they backed out mm-hmm. and yeah. then it, and then it just so happened that he had he happened to which are his dad ended up fate. dying anyway and yeah like fate like no matter yeah. what we're gonna great, Batman. great additions by paul dini and bruce Timm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love the idea of um, having, you know, Amanda Waller, and she's an actual person. She's yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah, because I think, like, Waller has, like, a lot of interior to her that makes her a new nuance, makes her more nuanced than what we've seen. And, well, I guess I hope in the Suicide Squad we get kind of that, I'm sure. Um, well, oh, where she actually cares and they're just not, like, you know, yeah, that she just sends to die. <laughs> right, right, right. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know about Cares, but, you know, has like more uh, multi-dimensions to her. Yeah, I mean, I always liked it when she was in charge of Cadmus. Like, I right. always loved the idea that she goes from uber radical who, like, doesn't, who thinks one way and then once seeing the facts and seeing the good that superheroes are doing changes sides and, like, become, and, like, ends up becoming, like, friends of the Justice League. Mm-hmm you know, trying to get other people to see what she's seen in them and that they're not evil or anything like that. They're, you know, they actually are trying to do what's best for them. Yeah, um, I guess that, that reminds me. I mean, uh, in terms of other comics I've been reading, I've been going back to a lot of like 80s and 90s comics on the DC mm-hmm. Universe app. Um, and I've been reading the original John Ostender's Suicide Squad, which is really well-written. Like for an 80s comic, it has like a lot of... Uh, a lot of complexity to it. I'd uh, recommend that. Nick, have you read that by any chance? No, I haven't. No, oh, okay. I, I've never gotten into the into the Suicide Squad comics. Right, because yeah, that's what uh, James Gunn said he was basing his script on. So that's kind of cool. I yeah. mean, I, I always, I, I mean, I for this new Suicide Squad movie, I have full faith in it. I have a feeling it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, it's it's a it's coming off, you know something uh that's kind of down in the dumps sure. i have no idea where the canon is of these dc movies oh uh, I, I have no idea like I'm so- i think a lot of it happened um well i don't know we'll see with the snyder cut but all the movies happened um just they don't want to talk about certain films anymore yeah like they're just like the- bvs what bvs yeah <laughs> it happened but they they're not going to mention it too much I would yeah, imagine. I mean, because like they're 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 still pumping out these movies. They're pumping out. Yeah. I think Aquaman two is still is still greenlit. Still development. Uh, Wonder Woman three already got is already there. Yeah, got, just yesterday. Be working on it yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. As of this recording. Is, yeah, the Flash, <laughs> is gonna be, uh, which is already going to be greenlit and everything else. Yeah, um, took them long enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> the Flash movie was supposed to come out like two, three years ago. Who knows? Uh, who knows when that movie will finally come? Hey, man, I, I'm just hoping that because they have Michael Keaton, that it's going to go a little faster now. Like, yeah, yeah, I hope so. Uh, kind of looking forward to that. But I guess that leads into the next topic. We'll just start. Um, Wonder Woman came out Christmas Day in the in this world of uh, COVID, and like this is uh, the only other comic book movie um, besides Birds of Prey in this DC universe to come out this year. Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah, Wonder Woman is the only one that to release like hero movies this year yeah yeah <laughs> it's been you know because like marvel there's so many that the break was appreciated but for like all the dc ones at least within the last like two or three years uh from like aquaman onwards they felt like so unique and like in their mm-hmm. own pantheon of uh you know it's not it it doesn't feel like as uh assemb- not assembly line like marvel but as like you know you feel like a little overwhelmed for dc movies they feel different enough that you don't have that fan complaints. And mm-hmm. I guess this was a strength and for some like a criticism of 84. So I guess let's uh, talk about it because I'm always glad to see the DC movies. I'm, I'm always glad to kind of see where the DC movies kind of take themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman 84, I thought was a, it is a, it's a fun ride back to a campier era. Right. of like superhero movies because there was a lot of things in this movie that were just like where you were like wow that's campy as that's campy as hell yeah exactly. like, <laughs> like that op- uh the second opening scene because there were like two yeah two, two like prologues to this movie you know in the mall that was a uh, camp- that was so campy i was like was- what is going on i go okay well this is like, yeah. this is how the movie is the whole time i'm kind of okay with it yeah well first i'll say i think it was you know homaging the linda carter wonder woman Mm-hmm. for sure like you know if you're watching a movie where a character has an invisible jet and you're like your main criticism is like it's too campy it's like you gotta find another movie <laughs> yeah. you you gave them the wrong movie dude the yeah, wrong last movie. you know last one but you know the, all these elements work like the invisible jet works in this film mm-hmm. that was great to see but yeah the i think the tone of this took such a 180 from the first one it wasn't a bad thing, but it was like a whiplash effect because, you know, the first one's very grim and gritty. It's in World War One, and then we go to the 80s. That's a big fucking jump. And then there's also an implication that she was in World War Two. Right, yeah. Like, she fought in World War Two because she you, you see images of her walking 
uh, Holocaust victims out of Auschwitz. Right. And you're just like, wait, what? why are yeah. we seeing that movie? <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> there's a lot of uh, untold history of Wonder Woman, but um, just like the 80s, I think it worked and like the message they were, because it had like this anti-consumerism, like monkey's paw, like be careful what you wish mm. for themes going on. And that worked pretty well. I think it serviced the movie well enough. Um, it, it was very clear in its message. There were, um, I, you know, it just felt like a little bogged down at times. Like, uh, just like the tone shifts a lot in the movie. It goes from really lighthearted, kind of like Wonder Woman 80s TV show to friggin', you know, like uh, nuclear war uh, pessimism. Of, yeah, it, it really, what it, what yeah. yeah, what it felt like for a while is that the it was the Linda Carter TV show um, like theme, and then the Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie, and they were battling each other out for whoever yeah. was going to be dominant in this movie. Because if it was just like a campy Wonder Woman movie, totally down. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Uh, if it's just strictly we're going to be serious, there's going to be a some light. That's the one thing I do feel that is kind of bad about the DC movies is that they they there's never really this like nice little like balance in between yeah. I'm going to be lighthearted but there's also some serious things that are going on in the movie as well and a lot of the times they don't know how to you know differentiate it's like oh no it has to be silly if it's going to be silly it's going to be silly the whole way oh if it's going to be yeah. serious it's got to be serious the whole way through I think and, um probably Aquaman does that one the best where it carries the tone like pretty well you know mm-hmm. um because yeah i I've, i felt like that because i think like shazam compared to like something to man of steel is such two such totally huge differences yeah but i at least appreciate it. they're not walking back from the grim and grittiness and like the seriousness of mm-hmm. bbs but they're they're getting like a little more nuanced in how they approach these films but it's you know it's not quite there yet but yeah honestly yeah. i do feel that once again this is another movie that the thing that bogs it down i do feel i'm thinking might be studio yeah probably because some 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 jokes feel weird where it's just like like which ones um what is it like okay the the whole joke about um like the clothes he's wearing like, oh yeah he's wearing like a fanny pack like he's wearing what? fanny packs all right and, like and i and i and i get it i get it yeah. they're, they're doing a throwback to the original wonder woman where she's doing that entire like fashion like like she's putting on clothes of the era and she's like oh yeah like how do i fight in this and everything like that and that's funny yeah. it's a it's, it's like a fish out of water it's they, now they, it's they, the other side of it yeah yeah now it's now the it's, other now it's on the other shoe. now it's steve that's like and i i, I actually i like that though because it's like you know, you take a guy from like the 1910s and like, like he he's wearing clothes that he thinks would uh, work. Like, you know, he's like a soldier, so like, of course he thinks like a fanny pack does. He's, he's uh, functional. He's, yeah, he's like you put all his like army stuff in there. Yeah, of course he likes the fanny. He's pack. like, look how many pockets I have. Look at all the stuff I can put in. <laughs> yeah, I love. I, I like. I liked a lot of the uh, the Chris Pine humor. Who's uh, the best Chris, by the way? Yes, uh, honestly, I feel, but that's the thing, though, is I feel that Chris Pine carries the humor. Yeah. And everything like that. Yeah, I do feel that they, not that they misuse Kristen Wiig, because Kristen Wiig was really good. Yeah, one of the better parts. Yeah, I like like Kristen Wiig, and I think that she did an amazing job as Cheetah. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, I'll just throw that out there, just, uh, I love Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. I think, like, some people are making jokes where it was like, uh, they were uh, they were uh, simping for Kristen Wiggis Cheetah, where it's like she could uh, snap my neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I, she's, I, she's great. She she was really good as Cheetah. Mm-hmm. I really really liked her as Cheetah. Um, um, the only the only thing I was kind of like it's not a criticism so much as like that's a little strange. Where uh, I don't know if you saw there was there was a post that went viral where it's like someone needs to change up the production design in the comic book movies where. You have a villain that starts as nerdy, like you've seen with Electro, Jim mm. Carrey's Riddler, uh, friggin' uh, God, there's so many. Uh, there's there's like, a lot of like nerdy to evil. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Kill, uh, Killian from Iron Man Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they start as nerdy and then they turn villainous and then they're all like hot and buff and they take out like all the the glasses and like bad hair. 
I'm like, you need to stop doing that for all these comic book movies. I, I, I feel like Cheetah didn't, that was like, I, I, but I feel like that's my only gripe with Cheetah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a very superficial thing. Like it's, it doesn't take away from the character, but it was just yeah, kind of noticeable for sure. But if, but if I'm, if I know my DC history, wasn't she actually a bio, wasn't she a bioscientist? I believe, yeah, was she experimenting is. experimenting with uh, genetics. In some then, continuities, yeah. Yeah, and then she accidentally, uh, with, she wasn't getting uh, FDA approval, so she started testing it on herself. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up becoming a cheetah, <laughs> she ended up, like yeah. transforming into like a cheetah-like character. And then uh, to fund her research, she started robbing banks. Right. And yeah. that's how Wonder Woman kind of got involved. And then because she was also, I think, also like an archaeologist where like she was also fighting some of this in stuff. Some, in some kind of news. It just really depends on like what the yeah. iteration of the character. But uh, I, I, I really do feel that like she didn't need to be a nerd. She really yeah. Like she could have just been like a regular person that, you know. Right. What well, I think. Like, yeah. I mean, like the like the message that they were trying to get across of like how women are treated in like the workplace and like um, how like a lot of women are looked over, uh, you know, you didn't have to exaggerate that because that happens to like just a lot of women. They don't have to look a certain way. It's just such a universal sort of thing. They didn't have to make her like so, uh, so like uh, exaggerate in like the, how they dress the character. Yeah, not only that, but also I wouldn't have minded of actually having Cheetah earlier on. Like if yeah. that would have been her first wish, if she would have just, uh, if she would have just said, "I want to be as powerful as, you know, as, like I want to be as strong as the most, as, as strong and as fast as the as the greatest animals in the world." Mm-hmm. Apex and predator. Like I would, yeah. If I wanted, I wanted to be like an apex predator and, and stuff she, like yeah, that. Just like a werewolf transformation. Yeah, because honestly, I feel like Cheetah is kind of misused. A little bit. Because I feel like. Maxwell Lord is a cool villain. Yes. But I really wanted to see what Cheetah was going to do. Yeah, I wanted more Cheetah because I really like Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Ward. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we'll, we'll talk about Maxwell Ward in a second, but I just, I loved how they made that character more sympathetic and dimensional because in the comics, he's such a, he's a telepath and he's also just so irredeemable mm-hmm. in the comics. Like he, if you've never read it, like in one of the crossovers, like uh, Wonder Woman snaps his neck because he's mind controlling Superman. Like she's she has that Man of Steel choice, um, mm-hmm. and she snaps his neck because he's not going to change. So um, the fact that they they took that and they made him like such a like commentary on like eighties like consumerism and greed, and they gave him like a sympathetic arc. That's pretty cool. I I like the changes they made to Maxwell mm-hmm. Lord. Yeah, he was. That was that was a really great change. Uh, also, Pedro Pascal's you know performance is just really good. He's, he's great. Like, he's the Mandalorian. He's, he's yeah. I mean, he he had like two back to back things on different fucking like streaming right. services where he oh. was just like, "Pay me money." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was gonna say three. He's in uh, the Robert Rodriguez. Uh, uh, we can be heroes. Was he oh. really? Yeah, the Shark Boy and Lava Girl sequel, quote unquote. Wait, is that out already? It's out. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but... What is it on? Netflix. All right, maybe I might watch that after this, but... There you go, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is he, is he Lava Boy? No, is he's he just Shark like... Boy? No, he's the parent of one of the superheroes. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's still awesome. I, yeah. Is this also the crossover with Spy Kids? No, no, it's like it's in that fictional superhero world. Because I know that for a while there, he was contemplating a Shark Boy, Lava Girl, and Spy Kids, Spy Kids crossover. No, I, from what I know, they don't cross over. I don't know. He needs to make another Spy Kids movie. Though. Yeah, he made one more, but that wasn't that great. No, that one's that one's trash with the uh, with Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba and Joel McHale. Yeah, we don't need that one. No, that, that one that one didn't happen. That one didn't. Happen. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't. But uh, but Matt, you know, uh, Kristen Wiig, she she's great. Greatest Cheetah. We just needed just some. I wanted more. I wanted more. Yeah, you wanted more, and then like if they used her in a, in like less of a less of a like I don't know less of a way that was like minimizing her. Stereotypical. 
Yeah, stereotypical. Yeah. No, but I, 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 I but that's once again. I just wanted to see more of Kristen Wiig, and I wanted mm-hmm. to see more of Cheetah because honestly, when she was actually, what it felt like to me was that they were trying to go. They went, all right, guys, we got to cut the CGI budget. Yeah. We can only have Kristen Wiig inside of the actual Cheetah outfit for like. 10 minutes tops right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it you guys got 10 minutes of her in the cheetah outfit pick it right like pick a good one and mm-hmm. everything else and honestly i because my big thing is that i i really do hope that uh, more companies start doing the uh what is it called the pr- the actual practical effects mixed with digital yeah. digital effects more instead of just doing yeah, like, integration of like yeah yeah, visual effects and practical yeah like if you if you watched the mandalorian a couple of weeks ago um the dark troopers were actually were just that it was people in suits Mm -hmm. combined with digital effects yeah and i think that because for one it's a little cheaper than just doing complete we're just going to do digital effects all the way around but also i feel like it looks better too yeah and honestly her cheetah was her cheetah was cool once Mm -hmm. again i just didn't see enough of it yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it just felt like if we're going, if you're going to use that character, why not just go all out? You know? Yeah. It not only like... that, but, but not only that, but also I felt like, oh yeah, they're using this time. They're using Cheetah in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Any special effects issues that may have like been there? Right. Like, it's an easy way to like, oh, there wasn't like, there, like this is a little off, but because it's so dark and because the, the palette's so, so yeah, dark, like that. that was that was like definitely a disservice. Because I wanted to see Cheetah in the daylight. Like I wanted to see uh-huh. her like hauling ass down a field, like chasing after people. That would have been cool. I would have been like, yeah. oh damn. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, some of it, like again, like budget, but. That's such a comic booky character where like a woman becomes a literal fucking cheetah. Yeah. That you might as well go all out, but it was it was serviceable. It was good enough, you know. Because I would have I would have liked it more, seeing as Chris because Kristen Wiig's character is actually very intelligent. She's right. She, it, first couple of lines in the movie is just like I have this degree, this degree, this degree, mm-hmm. this degree, and stuff like that. And I think that would have been interesting if Maxwell Lord would have been being used by Cheetah, yeah, instead of Cheetah being used by Maxwell Lord, yeah, just because the, it, it, that just it kind of makes her seem like a like a like a dumb character. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't make her like a like a henchman character for sure. She kind of came off that way actually a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, especially near the end. And then also, I kind of don't feel like she kind of, she redeems herself in a way. No, yeah. I mean, she was just kind of like, she has such an irredeemable sort of arc. She didn't want to go back and she didn't renounce her wish. She got it renounced for her. But she wanted to stay a cheetah. Yeah, she wanted to stay a cheetah. And I think that would be interesting in like future iterations or you can even do it in uh, later on movies of like she ended up finding out how to do it via DNA. Yeah, and that would be that would be kind of cool. Like that's what's kept her alive all these years and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like maybe you could put her down the line. Yeah, but um, did you like uh? So in terms of like Maxwell Ward and like the plot and sort of this uh, the way he's like you know he's such a like an eighties villain. Like of course he's after oil. Like yeah. everyone was after oil. All the super villains of the eighties. Like like honestly, all the, uh, honestly, all the I, Russians, I, I, the yeah. Ronald Reagans. I was also really surprised that it wasn't a real, it wasn't like a real estate scheme. Real. Oh, I was going to say, so, <laughs> so it's like land, like let's yeah. be so I was going to say, apparently he said in interviews, he was very much inspired by uh, Lex Luthor from Superman, Superman, uh, the Christopher Reeve one. So that makes ha- sense. Uh, Hackman's, yeah, Luthor is Hackman's, such a, Hackman's Luthor. I would yeah. say, I don't know if like Hackman, Hackman's Luthor is like inspired by any comics, but it's just like Gene Hackman just, he has own like unique caricature of Lex Luthor. Like he I has feel, no source material. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Gene Hackman had a comic book read to him once. Yeah, he's like, yeah, and this fucking nerdy shit. I don't need. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Gene Hackman, your... like Gene Hackman had somebody read it to him once, and he was just yeah. like, "Oh, so it's ham as hell." Like, yeah. Fuck up, but okay. yeah. He's like, "Hey, pull up your pants. No, get out of here. <laughs> Give me some fucking bourbon." Yeah, uh, but honestly, Gene Hackman's Superman is fucking, it's really good. It is really good, though. It's good in its own unique way. Is it accurate to the comics? No. No. Like, he loves, like, Lex Luthor, you know, 
I don't think he would be afraid of his boldness. He embraces it. Yeah. But uh, that you know, it's so it's so like unique to that to that actor in that era. It's like you know, it's great. Great, yeah, yeah it, it works. That's it that's works. Reeves' super. That's that's Reeves's. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, and that's why I felt like Pedro Pascal, like his his Maxwell word works. Um, I I really did like that, and I like the idea. Uh, I like the idea that also Maxwell Lord didn't die in the end. Right. He actually, you know, this is a this is a this is a villain that they can bring back later. Yeah. Or uh, honestly, I was right because he, he doesn't. He doesn't start off in the comics as evil. He's kind of, you know, in the Keith Griffin uh, Justice League International, like he's sponsoring the Justice League. Yeah, he's you know, they make him evil things. later. Yeah, like he's always trying to do good things that leads him down to I can make a profit from this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a good. It's, he's very eighties. Like the like wh- whatever screenwriter chose him as a villain for an eighties movie is just that was perfect. Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Maxwell Lord would fit in, a, in like a movie that was put in like the two thousand. Well, yeah, um, and so in George Miller's Justice League Mortal, he was gonna be he was he was he was gonna be the main villain was Maxwell Lord played by Jay Brushnell from This Is that, the End. Honestly, <laughs> I really want to see how that was. I yeah, really want. I would, see. yeah, I would actually, yeah, because Jay Brushnell <laughs> is like a villain. I don't know if that would be like Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor or like a good version of that, but it would have been something. I I mean, could you imagine him and then like him getting yelled at by Common as Green Lantern? Yeah. (laughs) Was it? It's Arnie Hammer as Batman. uh, The guy that played, wasn't it like the the guy that was Jesus in The Passion of the Christ? He was going to be Superman. He was going to be Superman. Uh, fucking charisma carter as carpenter as wonder woman the guy who passed away recently the actor who was a uh, morn joe is martian manhunter yes adam brody as the flash and common as green lantern the john stewart one mm-hmm. what a what a what a what a interesting cast that was and then uh zoe kazan as iris allen yeah yeah that would have been uh, Teresa palmer as talia al talia uh oh oh uh which i said santiago cabrera as arthur curry slash oh that's right yeah aquaman that would have been really funny (laughs) i read the script for that it's It's actually not bad it's it's not not too bad i don't know if it would have been good but it's not that bad as a script i think i i want to watch it just because i i see i hear uh just based off a couple of interviews um, that they've all done of like this is what I've read and this is what the idea was and this is what I saw mm-hmm. from that was um, what was it I know that they were going to say like oh yeah like the way that Barry keeps on referring to the speed force or when he's running is basically just everybody like statues yeah and then it was that would have been interesting yeah like when I run it's like it's like it's like running through a field of statues like right. no one is moving and uh I'm afraid that one day I'll never be able to come out of it yeah all the Barry stuff is awesome. so is awesome the other characters kind of vary in how they're written like yeah, Batman Army, does the next snap and it's like god damn it like yeah Army and, Hammer is a weird is a weird choice for Batman yeah also that Batman was written really weird it was weird. It was like kind of like a psycho Batman. Yeah, he was written like um, what's his name? Uh, what is it? The Dark Knight Returns Batman, but if like he had a split personality. Yeah, it's <laughs> George, you know George Miller. Like I think he understood the comics enough, but it's like come on, you need to revise that a little bit. But that was the, that. But the thing is that because I what I've noticed is that what I've read is that a lot of people have said the the. Uh, the script online is like the third or fourth draft. Is it? Okay. So we probably, that. that's what we've read, but yeah. yeah, I'm sure they would have done more redrafts for sure. Well, because apparently according to Army Hammer, some of that stuff wasn't in the first draft. Hmm. That's why he signed on. Okay. Because that's what got him to sign on. Yeah, that, that movie would have been interesting because I wish there was like a Death and Return of Superman Lives documentary on just Justice League Mortal. They were working on it. Yeah, yes, that would have been that. That to get like the official story because that movie is just like that's up there with like um, like Spider Man Four, Sam Raimi Spider Man Four of like mythical movies that never got made. 
yeah, actually, I think we we did an interview with them. Uh, with uh, John Snap. With John Snap before he passed away. And he actually did another interview with Kevin Smith maybe a couple of months later. And he had said that he was actually doing, uh, he was going through a pilot. He was, uh, oh, that's right. He was, he was doing like a, a pilot. TV series. It was going to be a TV series of um, how to, like, kind of like what happened to this movie. Yeah, that would and, have been really cool. That's a shame that he and they would passed away. Like they would have been like hour long documentaries right. of like, this is what happened to these movies and stuff yeah. like that. That never got made. And that would have been like cool. Talk, they were going to get interviews and stuff like that. Unfortunately, John Schnepp passed away before right. like all that stuff was finished and before it was finalized and everything like that. But hopefully, somebody else could, you know. Yeah, I, I hope so. Carry on his spirit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he would have liked one ruin '84. You loved it. I, yeah. I, but that was the thing though is that I, I feel the only reason I, I had my my, like some i had some aspiration i mean i really liked wonder woman 84 i just feel like the campiness at times kind of pulled me out because there was this like really serious moment in the yeah movie. it was like a campy moment and i was kind of like all right there wasn't exactly the time for it like okay yeah it was really like messing with like it was a clash of like tones essentially mm-hmm. I think. yeah but I, feel, but I feel like that's the problem with most dc yeah is that there's a clash of tones. It's not one solid vision across the board. It's, you know, somebody had a solid vision and then they they showed it to the studio and the studio goes, you need to make it funnier. Right. Yeah, you know, Warner Brothers is very notorious, I guess. It's not the studio you would think of, uh, like, executives just meddling, but apparently, from what I heard, it is. Like, it's just yeah, executives at this high level, just from the bottom down, just meddling with shit. That they see, shouldn't that, be meddling with. See, but that's the thing, though, is that I like Jeff Johns. I know oh. was supposed to be like this, like he was supposed to be like the Kevin Feige of DC. Yeah, which mm. I feel was just a poor choice. Yeah, <laughs> he's you know I think I think what Jeff Johns you know he did work with Richard Donner, but he's not so much a movie guy like Kevin Feige who worked on like um, X Men. Yeah, he worked X Men, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. All the original Marvel movies, like Jeff Johns, it's a little less limited than that, you know. And yeah. then, according to you know that he's not so great a guy in terms of uh, uh, in terms of uh, producing, you know. Yeah, apparently uh, he's a, apparently he's a dick. Yeah, yeah, it's such a shame that they went in that direction when I'm sure there were probably some other figures that were prominent that could have led them to success more. To be totally honest, if I was going to choose anybody that was going to be like a cool showrunner for DC, Paul Dini. Paul Dini, yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, yeah, Paul Dini has, you know, um, in terms of in the industry, you know, he's been around in animation and the studio system for a while. I think, yeah, he would have been a better choice. Well, not only that, but also he's somebody who definitely knows how to... Understands uh, these characters. He understands the characters, but also he knows how to get like a specific tone out of those characters. Exactly. Like, and I think you can see that in all of his episodes of pretty much any animated thing that he's done. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, oh yeah, like um, he knows how to get the the humor out of it. He knows how to get the, uh, what was it? He knows how to get like these serious tones. He knows how to battle like tough issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside of his things and i think that would have been kind of like a really cool idea yeah that would have been and, a good choice yeah and especially for somebody who already kind of played with these characters in his own sandbox yeah um, in his own universe it was like a, the first the first connected universe yeah or one of them yeah he, in his own connected universe he's already played with them before he's already yeah. kind of played with these little toys why not let him do it in the in the big movies you i know? don't know have him have him be the head. Honestly, I I say the same thing for Star Wars. Let leave let Dave Filoni do it. I know he's yeah. a, I know he's, he's gotten guy. better. He's gotten better as a director. I love uh, the Jedi. That chapter was my favorite. Yeah, of uh, the Mandalorian. So I, yeah. I I think that one was actually. I think it's also one of the cleaner ones too. Yeah, that was one of the cleaner episodes, and it was it, it was one of my it's one of my favorite samurai movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it pretty much was a giant Kurosawa movie for sure. It's like a it's like a Kurosawa movie where he just like went like, this is what it's about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm um, just kind of winding down on this uh, review. You know, um, again in California where we're at, we're in such a zero percent capacity for hospitals that 
many movie theaters are shut down. We only have drive-ins. Um, and we kind of watched this in our homes on Christmas. Did you do anything to kind of make your theater home viewing experience like unique or uh, like just like you were at the movies? I turned off all the lights, okay. watched it on the big screen, and then I laid down on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like you were at an AMC with a couch seat. Kind of, yeah, because yeah. I, I can't lay sideways. <laughs> you just needed some people talking to your right, but not too loud, but loud enough to hear them. It's cool. I had my dad. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, your dad who talked during the uh, the was it what what Game of Thrones episode? It was like the Battle of. Uh, I think it was the Battle of the Bastards. No, it was the Winterfell oh. where the White Walkers were invading. He talked uh, all throughout. Yeah. He like talked for the whole like just the whole episode. Like, he talked through. We're like, oh my god, dude! <laughs> like, let us just finish. Let's like, just finish that- the episode. <laughs> Like, if you talked during the finale of Game of Thrones, that would have been fine. But, like, the, the actual good episode of that season? Yeah, that was a really good, that was a really good episode. Yeah, I, know, I know. Yeah, so, I know. once again, I had, I had him watching okay. the movie uh, and everything else. But for the most part, yeah. Uh, I mean, I really liked watching it on HBO Go. Yeah. I mean, on HBO Max. Now. Or Max. Next, Max, yeah. whatever. They have three names and four right. names. Well, I and think like, HBO, Go, <laughs> HBO Go technically was another app, and it got discontinued. So HBO Max is no, it was <laughs> yeah, it was HBO, HBO Go, then HBO Now, yeah. then it was HBO Max. What a and and I was like, gonna say, oh, aren't they lucky that they had Wonder Woman because, like, that streaming service they've like when they when they started out, they had such a rocky start. It wasn't available on certain devices. Broco wasn't on like. How do you launch an app, you know, it's only available on like certain device? I mean, also, I mean, it, it was only not available on Roku. I mean, how many people have a Roku? Yeah. <laughs> you, let's be exactly. Honest. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> played on my PlayStation. I'm glad. Just put it on your PlayStation, your Xbox, or your Apple TV. I mean, that's what most people have. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that I, I think it's really smart that they started putting also the DC Universe stuff. Yeah. On it. That's like really those TV shows, um, the main reason I was using HBO Max was to watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air for like a week. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's some good. Uh, has some good series on there, you know. Yeah, I mean, also, I, but that's the thing though is that HBO Max has like it, it's like a weird catalog of stuff that you can watch. Uh, yeah. Go on it and check it out. Uh, I honestly just like flip through a couple of the shows. Honestly, you'll find some stuff that you were like, really? Why do they have this? Um, but I'm really happy that, uh, all the DC shows are over there. Um, the only one I'm kind of disappointed that it's not going to be on there is Stargirl. Stargirl is now moving to CW and right. that's going to be really interesting. It's so weird. One company has like three apps that they're just like, like moving and like consolidating stuff too. Yeah. Such a weird. I, I also never understood why CW doesn't just put all of their stuff on the W on the uh, HBO Max. I like, have no, uh, no idea like, how, just, how these contracts work for streaming. Yeah. Well, because it's like their network stream. And I right. Think that's, and that's the thing that's really interesting. And like, yeah. Okay. It, it's, it's strange. Well, I mean, honestly, if it was me, I would just, you know, stop using that and start using, you know, HBO Max. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Send everybody over there. Instead yeah. Of just but hey, we're we're enjoying our uh, subscriptions, I guess, right now. Yeah. But uh, any last few thoughts on Wonder Woman? Um, definitely go watch it. Yes. Yeah. yeah you know, in a in like a year without any movie releases or. Uh, Hardly any big blockbuster movies. At least we got something this year. Yeah, I mean, I watched Tenet, and I was just like, what the fuck? I need something else. Yeah, yeah, I watched that twice, and I got it enough the second time to kind of enjoy it, but... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the, I, I watched it... Uh, I, I, when we watched Tenet the first time, I was watching it with my brother, and I turned to him, <laughs> and I was like, so how'd you like it? And he goes, kind of felt like uh, this movie was up Christopher Nolan's ass. That's what I felt. <laughs> yeah, it's a very dense movie. <laughs> It's a movie that, um, for better or worse, you have to watch, watch, and then three times, two to three times, three times, and then like read Reddit 
a Reddit thread on it and then go back and watch it? I thought it was a movie you had to re- you had to watch twice and on the third time have a whiteboard with like four other people. Yeah. And then pause every so often to go, okay, so that's there. Where on the timeline is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so if he went here, then that means he's over here, but that means he's over there. <laughs> that's, that's like... That was yeah, a that was that was not a good movie to release this year. Uh no, that was not the movie that was going to save theaters. Right, that was not. Yeah, that was uh, that was a thing on itself. But Wonder Woman, I think it's a very enjoyable film. Check it out. Yeah, it's not perfect, but hey, you know, in a year of like fucking COVID, it's good enough. Yeah, honestly, for the DC movies of this year, Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman, they were both really good. Go give yeah. them a chance. Give them a chance. Uh, they're great movies to turn off your brain just and just watch some really cool stuff uh yeah. enjoys enjoy the don't go into the movie with your own um kind of ideas for how you think the movie is just yeah. go open-minded and enjoy exactly yeah. so i guess with that we'll uh end our show nick where can uh, people find you at like always, people can find me here. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram, the Nick Valero. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, G9892. Uh, please follow the Waffle Press on Twitter, at the Waffle Press, on Instagram, at the Waffle Press Podcast. Please like, share, subscribe on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Um, if there's something you like, or even if you don't like, just subscribe anyway. Maybe you will. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We've been professionally unprofessional. And the year's over, thank God. Yeah.